Wow. <laughs> Guys, I'm so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, awesome. Okay. Well, um, before we begin, um, before if you all want to ask questions, we have such a great panel in front of us. If you want to ask questions, anything regarding prayer, rhythms, faith, relationships, anything that'll honestly tie back down to prayer because everything normally does, um, go to our Instagram handle at Undivided Youth. On our story, we have a question box. Go right ahead. Go ask those questions, and the only person seeing them will be me, so don't worry. Go ask those juicy questions, and um, we'll be sure to answer those. But before we begin, let's go down our panel and just say your name, say your ties with real life, just fun facts about you, anything you want um, our Undivided family to know about you guys. Hey guys, I'm Noelle. I am I'm the worship pastor at Real Life Church. And Taylor and I, if you don't know this, I'm actually married to Taylor and we are the youth pastors here. So Hello, I'm Dawn Webster. I'm not the youth pastor, nor am I married to Taylor. But <laughs> I'm Miles' mom, so anyone that doesn't know Miles. <laughs> Enough said. Hey, I'm Alejandra. My name is Michelle. Mother of Jaya and Layla and wife to Mr. Dante. We're excited to be here tonight. My name is Dante. She said everything that's important, so. About the music and everything. <laughs> awesome, you guys. Well, we don't have a lot of time, but we have a lot of questions, so let's just get right into it. Um, let's just start off with, does prayer actually work? Um, and if, and how do you know? Um, yes, prayer works. Um, and I'll tell you how I know, so I'm going to start up personal as well. So last week, we had an unexpected death in my family, and I had to go to Sacramento like on the same day. And um, we got down there. There was a lot of um, spiritual turmoil. And God told me before I got there that the reason why you're going there is on a mission. I'll take care of your heart when you get back. And so um, I've never had him talk to me like that before. It was the first time. Went down, um, stood strong for five days in the mission. Um, on the way back, found out that there were two other deaths in our close, uh, in our proximity. And um, God kept me. Um, I was on mission. I was like, this is what we're going to do. This is what we need to do. I'm going to need us to come to some kind of common ground so we're not fighting. Um, it was just a lot. And then when I came back on Monday, um, I, was, I, I just fell apart. Like, it just, I, I got there, and I sat on the couch when I woke up, and I just was disconnected. And the first thing I did was I just said, God, you told me you would take care of me, and I rest until that happens. And so he led me to call for prayer support, which I did. And... Um, I was spiritually, emotionally drained. And so last night when I went to sleep, um, I said, I know that you'll set me a rest. And I want to wake up with the joy of not knowing 
but I want to feel it. And when I woke up, I was praising and I was dancing and I was, and I was electric today. So I returned to myself today. And had I not trusted prayer, had I not known God, had I not known to trust what he told me, this last six days would have been so different. And I want to share a quick story as well. Well, first of all, I wanted to say I am so sorry, but God is good. And this story in includes Dawn, and I haven't had the opportunity to share it with her, so I have the opportunity. So two Thursdays ago, my husband and I, we are in the process of this acquisition, right, um, the purchase of a building. And I've been extremely overwhelmed, stressed. And two weeks ago, Thursday, I prayed, and I said, God, I said, are you sure? I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Does this make sense? I don't see how this is going to happen. And I'm just talking to God and I'm like, just give me peace. I said, I, I said, you're probably sick of me by now because you said it once and I keep coming back saying, are you sure, God, are you sure? But this past Thursday, I was just like, God, just, just give me something, just something to keep going because I'm a bit discouraged. That was Thursday morning, two weeks ago. Went to work. Came here to prayer night. We have a prophetic prayer um, nights on Thursday. And I walked in the room, and everybody was in worship. And I just went over into the corner, and maybe 30 minutes had passed, and I'm just, my eyes are closed, and I'm just worshiping, and I'm praying. Don comes up behind me and says, can I just, can I just stand with you and pray? I said, sure. So I'm, I close my eyes, and I'm just, I'm just praying. She just lays her hand on my back. And a little bit into it, she says, the Lord's wanting me to tell you, she said, the Lord is saying, I have given you everything you need. And at the time when you, at the moment when you need more, I will give you more. And then she went back and just praying, laying hands on me. And then she came back and she said, the Lord told me to tell you, my answer is yes, still. And I just, and Don has no idea. And the thing is, is earlier that morning, I said, God, do you still, are we still supposed to move forward? And it was the still. I said, are we still supposed to move forward? And she said, the Holy Spirit spoke there and said, my answer is yes, still. Wow, no. I didn't even remember. <laughs> so prayer works. <laughs> Summarize. Um, that's awesome. I mean, prayer works. And I think with both your guys' stories and testaments, we can speak on prayer is real, prayer works. Uh, but for some of our students right now, prayer, their prayers aren't being answered that they're praying and they just aren't, nothing's happening, maybe they're not hearing from the Lord, um, what would you tell a student where they feel like their prayers aren't being heard? I would say that, um, especially when, so you got to be careful not to compare yourself to what you see around you. Um, you know, God's very specific with each and every one of us. Our, our, our lives are very different and what is working or seems to be working for someone doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be working, but it also doesn't mean that it's always not going to be working for you. And so one of the things that was mentioned earlier about prayer is that your, your heart and your consistency towards it is less emotional, more spiritual. And sometimes our emotions are up and down, right? We feel like getting up in the morning, we don't. We feel stressed, we don't. Um, and so the faith that God requires from us makes it so that if we just consistently seek him out, eventually he will bring us an answer, right? Just like was mentioned earlier, you're talking about 19 years later being able to hear an answer to a prayer that was prayed years and years prior. So um, be consistent and just continue to believe 
that prayer works based off of what you've seen in the past and what others have shared with you also. And eventually there will become a time where that kind of breakthrough happens for you and it'll come at the right time that you need it. And I also find out that when it doesn't work, that means that will come. Sometimes we change during, during the time that we are waiting. Sometimes we, 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 have, we want something and we want it now. Last week I was thinking about when I was really young, I really liked this guy, really, really like him. And I met him in a, in a mission uh, training uh, thing. And I, I remember thinking, oh man, he's everything that I want. And uh, so, and I remember praying for him. And I, I thought, man, this is it. This is it. And I thought, God, give it to me. Please. <laughs> so um, later, I know him better. And uh, I realized that he was not nothing as I was imagining he was. And I, and I was praying, and I was praising God, and I said, Thank you, Lord, because you didn't answer that prayer to me. You know, sometimes you, we, you, you want him to answer your prayers, and you think, this is exactly what I need, and you think you know, but he knows more. He knows what is coming around the corner. He knows what's coming before you. So sometimes just trust him that if it's no, the answer is not happening yet, he, know more, he knows more than you do. You think you know what is best for you, but he knows better. So trust him. If it's not happening, it's, he knows why. Maybe you need to wait. And in the waiting, you will be changing the way that you perceive things. And you want something else. So keep trusting in him when you wait. Okay? And I just wanted to add really, really quick. Um, there, there's something about just waiting in expectancy. Like I've had dry seasons where I felt like, God, do you hear me? Like there's seasons where I feel like God has shown up. There's seasons where I felt like my prayers just weren't getting through. But what I realized as time went on is that God was hearing my prayers. But in that process of, of waiting, I, I learned how to, I learned how to, to, to long suffer. I learned patience. I learned how to wait for God in expectancy. And it made me stronger. And those things taught me just through my waiting. And because and I, I kept pushing, I was desperate. So I didn't give up because I didn't hear from God. I utilized those moments to do. Sometimes I would just lay before God and just worship God for who he was without even asking for anything in return, but just lavishing my love upon God, right? There's times where I just would come back and I would cry my heart out and I feel like I didn't hear anything, but it taught me to linger, first of all, in the spirit, to wait for God in expectancy, and it made me stronger, and it built this muscle of just prayer and faith and learning how to wait and being content when things are not good, when things are good. Like, it taught me all of those things, so there are benefits in your waiting. So I just want to say when you don't hear or you feel like you're not hearing, God is always hearing. God is always present, but there are some times where God may just hold back, and so in that, don't push away either. Continue to push and lean into God even though you may not hear him. I love that you mentioned the idea of dry season, and I want to, um, you know, touch on that and lean into that, that some of our students might feel like they're in a dry season with prayer, with devos, with getting into the word. Um, what can they do to ignite that, that feeling, that getting out of that dry season? It's a verse in, in, in Numbers, in the book of Numbers, and it's talking about the fire in the altar. A Bible says that 
the priests need to come to the altar every day and remove the ashes and put some logs to make the fire to be continually uh, burning. So what happens sometimes, um, we forgot to go to the altar and we have a lot of ashes. And so we want this fire to just keep flowing, but we are saturated by a lot of other things in our minds and our hearts. Maybe sometimes it's unforgiveness, sometimes it's a little resentment, sometimes it's just distractions. And so this um, ashes getting built up in the altar of your heart. And, and then you, you think, how I, I, I don't feel anything. I don't feel absolutely nothing, and it's because that would symbolize uh, your heart, the, the ashes of the altar. So what I will um, encourage you to do is to stop for a minute and say with God and just chat with him and see what is going on in your heart. What, is thing, what things are you holding? What things you are keeping in your heart that you are just, you know, you think is normal, but those things um, water the fire in your heart. So uh, I think that's why we, we feel dry, because we build up stuff and we don't deal with it and, and with God, and then the fire down. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to add to that. It's so good, Alejandra. Um, I think for me, when I've had seasons in my life where I'm feeling dry in prayer, I think it really non-sexy thing to do is to just keep at it. Um, it's really easy when it comes to prayer to romanticize things and kind of have this vision of, you know, this room with candles and, you know, you're crying and, you know, Hillsong's playing. I don't know. You know, it's like you kind of have this vision of like your best prayer moment that's like, wow, it's so cool. But it's like, I mean, if I'm being honest with you guys, the reality for my life is prayer for me looks like at six o'clock in the morning, I'm downstairs drinking coffee, half asleep, you know, like literally, I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm, but I'm disciplined with it and making it happen. And there's times when it's like, wow, that like I really felt like that was a breakthrough. And there's times where it doesn't. Um, but I know for me on the practical, one thing that's always shifted that, that I find is that when my prayers are always centered around myself and my needs, there's a dryness there. But when my prayers shift to being towards other people and anything other than me, honestly, it's like this fountain opens. I guarantee that if you sit down and tomorrow morning or tonight, you start praying for your parents by name, and then you start praying for your siblings by name, and it's what's going to happen in those moments is the Holy Spirit's going to bring things to your mind, and he's going to ignite stuff in you, and suddenly instead of this prayer being like you're just throwing this ball at the wall and nothing's happening, it, it's like you get excited about it because then the, it's like your eyes are open to what's around you. So I would really encourage you guys in the practical, if you're feeling dry and in, in, in you're like, I don't even have a prayer life. What does that even look like? You know, prayer life for me is when someone transitions out of worship. That's as far as I get. Um, I would encourage you to think of five people in your life and pray for them by name. I want to add on to that because I think that when we think about, sometimes when we think about prayer, we think about the separation. We think about the special time, the special place. And prayer is communication. I'm talking to God all the time. I'll drop something and be like, oh, Holy Spirit, thank you for putting that right there. Or I'll say, and anyone that's talked to me long enough, you'll hear me. I'm like, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. So anyway, as I was saying, and so, um, but 
<laughs> it's true. But if you don't think about it like you have to be, like God is there all the time. Like he's never not with you. Just because you're silent, just because you're not addressing it, doesn't mean he's not with you. It's just that the way that I think about it and I use it as an example all the time is God is a gentleman. He's not going to punk you about nothing. And so he's like, my word is here. My guidance is here. My support is here. Um, when you're ready for me, all you got to do is just turn and open your space to me. And it doesn't mean you have to be in this position. You don't have to be in this position. What he's talking about is your heart needs to be open unto him. Yep. And so yep. sometimes he doesn't want to lift you up. He wants to stretch you wide. Right. Right. So sometimes you're asking him to lift you up. And he says, no, I just need you to have more. So you're asking for something, and he has someone right next to you. You're, you're praying for your friend, and he's saying, I need you to go in there and talk to your sister. I need you to give your mother grace. I need you to. But because we're looking and we're just like, when I get on my knees and I pray about my test or my pray about my friend or my, whatever those things are, that's where I want to see you, God. And God wants to see you everywhere. Wow. And so the more that you connect in everything, I'm telling you, every time I find something, I'm like, ooh, Holy Spirit, you got that for me. Partly because I'm old, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> so I'm just saying, stay, stay connected all the time. When, you, when you're walking, thank you, Lord, that I have my body. Thank you that I'm able to come to UD tonight. Thank you that you're depositing in me. You get in the car and you're like, ooh, it's not raining. Thank you. I see you, Lord. You kept it dry for me for just a second. Be friend, be, I mean, he's not, he is God. He is God, but he doesn't want to be so God that he can't connect to you. Right. So if you have a vision of him wow. being so big, you don't know how to be around him, you, you haven't met him, so right? So because he's like, uh, he's right yeah, here. So he's right here and he loves you so much. And the reason why you're here today is for him to remind you of that. So I ask that you stretch yourself and allow this to be poured into you tonight. And yeah. you will go away different than when you walked in the door. That was good. That was like, mic drop, that was good. Um, I just wanna say really quick, in that, just, just always just talk to God, because God talks back. And if there are any of you that are in a dry season, when you go home tonight, just ask the Lord, like what season is this? Like what season am I in? To just get an understanding, God will reveal it to you. What am I supposed to learn in this season? What are you trying to produce in me in this season? What do you want to teach me? What do you need me to do? How should I pour out in this season? But one of the greatest things that I've done was literally go before the Lord to get an understanding of where I am and what is it that you need of me? What am I supposed to learn? What are you doing in me right now? And it has shifted my perspective and allowed the walk to be doable. <laughs> Seriously, understanding where you are, it, just, it, it, it opened me up to just understanding, and I was able to walk it because I understood, okay, this is where God has me in this season. Do we have any athletes? Raise your hand if you're an athlete. You played a sport. You ever played an organized sport? Ever. All right. So everyone has been to a practice. Everyone's practiced with the team. Everyone's worked out in some way, shape, or form. So sometimes when we're in our dry season, what that means is God is like, we're practicing, we're working out. This is the off season. You don't have any games. You're not, you're not performing at all. We're just going to build your muscle. And so sometimes he allows things to feel like they're quiet or not super active with him saying things or giving you prophetic words or feeling the move of God and all of those things uh, because he's trying to mature you. So he's trying to have you grow your capacity for spiritual things, and so he wants you to go deeper, endure longer, stay with him further, all of these things, but he's trying to get you to build a muscle up so that you have room for what he wants to do next. 
because, you know, the Bible talks a lot about trees and planting and fruit and, and all of these processes are all, you know, they're in cycles of process and, and your, your life is like that also, especially when you talk about like your interactions with God, it's like there are times where it feel like it's dry, times where it feels like thing, a lot of things are going on, but he does those things consistently so that you can kind of like move to the next level and take on more and go deeper and have a bigger impact and so on and so forth. And last thing, sometimes it's also because he's trying to remove things out of your heart that have been there, pride, lust, greed, any of those things that would prevent you from being effective where he wants to take you next. And so he's like, no, we're going to stay here for a little bit. And I'm going to talk to you about you. And I'm going to pull out all the things you don't want me to pull out. And then I'm going to help you deal with them so that I can get you where you're going to go next so you can be successful and not fall flat on your face. So. Come on. I wish I could be taking notes right now. That's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you guys have mentioned so often about God was talking to me about this or Holy Spirit or Jesus told me this or there's this feeling. And so often I think our students, um, some of those that maybe have been here for long enough or maybe this is their first night, um, they hear the words, oh, God's speaking to me or Holy Spirit has said this to me. Um, how, do you, how do you differentiate between the Holy Spirit, between God um, versus yourself? I will use this analogy. You know the person who is calling you as soon as they say hello. You know, when I, when I was young, we used to have phones that don't have caller ID. <laughs> that was a century ago. And so when you pick up the phone, you didn't know who was calling. But as soon as the person say hello, if you are familiar with that person, you knew who that was. As soon as they say hello, you knew who they were. But it, that was because you were familiar with that person. My encouragement to you will be to pay attention and you will learn how his voice sounds. And it's not sound like a trumpet, no sounds like anything, and he will speak to you in different ways. He don't speak to me as he speaks to Don or Michelle or, Dante, or anybody like you. So I need to learn during the time that I walk with him, I start to learn, oh, what was that? That was you, God? And it's kind of like start to pay attention, be more, in, more intentional. You want to hear from God? You need to be intentional. You need to think, okay, I'm going to pay attention. This thought is too good to be mine. This uh, moment, this wisdom, it's too good to be mine. And, and then you learn that he is speaking. And then soon enough, as soon as you pick up the phone, you know he's talking. You will know his voice. But that needs to be in a, in a relationship. Don was saying early, um, I, I, I prayed all day long. I, I pray without ceasing. Why? I'm not on my knees all day long, but I'm driving, I'm talking with him. I'm cooking, I'm talking with him. I'm just taking a shower and I'm talking with him and he talked with me back. Sometimes I need to wait for a while that he answered to me, but I learned to hear his voice and, and it's easy for me. It's, it's more than just it's a conversation that dures all day long. So that's prayer. Sometimes people think prayer is just to be on your knees and, and it's not. It's just a daily conversation for me. Yeah, um, I want, that's so good, Alejandro. I wanted to add to that. Um, I, 
couldn't agree more of learning God's voice. I think that a great way to differentiate, just as Alejandro was saying, is things that would you would do versus things that you're like, oh, I don't know. Like for me, for example, when I was in high school, um, there would be times where I'd be walking in the parking lot and I would just feel something in my heart, like I should pray for my that's my friend's car. I'm gonna I should pray for her car that for just protection. And I'm just imagining in that moment, like, oh gosh, like that's so weird. Like why would anybody do that? <laughs> but then I would do it. You know, or things like I have this memory of being in the hallway and this friend of mine, her brother, found out that he had a brain tumor. And I remember in that moment feeling like, I should pray for her. Now, that wasn't me thinking that. That was God speaking to me, hey, pray for her. And I remember throughout high school having all these moments where I would just feel these weird little things like be nice to that person, smile to that person. That person was rude to you just now, but don't give it back to them. Kind of these like what you would call like your conscience. And I remember feeling irritated that those, like, why does that always happen to me? You know, like I always feel that. And then it was interesting for me when I was a senior in high school and I was so worried about what was my next step. Like everything in my life was about what's next for me. Where, where am I supposed to go to college? What am I supposed to do with my life? I was so confused and just desperate for God to speak to me. And I was so disappointed because every time I'd go to church, no one would come up to me and give me some word. I'd see, you know, all my friends were so sure about they wanted to, what they wanted to do. And I just felt like this loser that couldn't figure it out, even though I was praying about it for like a year and a half and just got nowhere. It was eating me up inside. And I remember I was at a conference and in the morning worship session when everyone's half asleep and nothing crazy's going on yet, I remember I, I felt God speak to me my next step of where to go to college. And it was a, one of the most pivotal moments of my life. But what's so fascinating to me, I realized in that moment, was just as Alejandro was saying, I knew his voice. It's like as soon as that dropped in my heart, I remember knowing that wasn't me, that was God. And it was kind of like all of those moments in high school and in junior high of me feeling these weird things and listening to them um, added up. And it was like, oh, you were training me how to hear you. You were training me how to recognize you. And I think sometimes we expect that we'll have these moments in life that are really pivotal and that then that will be the moment where I know it's God and that will be the moment where I listen and that will be the moment where I have this like moving moment like, yeah, everything's changing. But how can we expect to know God's voice in the big things if we don't listen to his voice in the small things? We have to train our ears to hear him in the everyday interactions, as Alejandro was saying, and the, just the everyday little things, because what it does in those little minuscule moments from walking in the hall at school and seeing that person that you know hates you and not glaring at them or gossiping, but just listening to that voice that says, maybe don't do that. Like that little thing right there, what it's doing is, is exercising this muscle of you learning the voice of God so that when you're in those big moments, like, do I go to that college? Do I date that guy? Do I take that job? The ones that really matter that are all in front of every one of you, that you'll know that it's God because you've heard his voice and you've, you recognize how he speaks to you. And I'm quickly going to say what it's not. Anytime you're saying I'm stupid, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Anytime you're saying they don't like me because I'm ugly or I'm Lord, this is just, that's not his voice. He's not going to, if he tells you not to do something, he's not going to break you down to tell you not to right. do it. So it's going to be a gentle peace that says either not now, this is not for you, or wait, don't say anything, hold back. So if, you're, if, if you have tapes that are tearing you down in your mind, I can tell you, you can, you can cross those off the list. It's not God. Yeah. He won't come so at good. you like that. Again, he's a gentleman. 
and, and he will speak to you regardless, but till you get sensitive, you won't know it's him. And the thing about it is, and one of the things, so, so you can mark off the list of the negatives. Also too, sometimes we battle like, should I, should I, should I buy this meal for this person? <laughs> should, I, should I say this person looks pretty? Should I, you know what? If it's good, do it. Yeah. If you're gonna be reprimanded for, being, for doing something, be reprimanded for doing what's right for doing what's good. And when you, it is good and God doesn't want you to do it, again, you'll feel this, this pressure will say, oh, oh, let me do that, let me take care of that. So don't get caught up in doing good either. You still have to listen for him. But those are two things you can cross off your list in your, in your quest to hear him. That's really, really good. And I mean, you guys really hit it on the nail just saying, it's just having that relationship with God and learning, as you learn God, you'll learn how God speaks to you. And, you know, just in my experience, you know, God has spoken through, I've heard God audibly. He's, he speaks through dreams and visions, through signs and wonders. And, you know, just, I remember just being on a walk and I literally could, I literally heard the words in my mind, just heard it. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now, clearly those are not my thoughts because I'm walking, minding my business and wasn't thinking anything about those things. And I kept hearing it over and over and over. And I, and I literally spoke out. And I said, okay, God, I hear you. And I went back home. As soon as I got home, I went in my office, and I opened up the scripture. And I think it was in John. But anyway, from there, John, I mean, the, um, the Lord led me to Genesis. And then he just took me on this journey. And in that moment, the Lord used the word. Because God speaks to us through his word. He used the word to break off depression off of my life. And I had no idea just going back into the word and seeking out. Because obedience is important. I could have kept going on about my business, but I kept hearing it. And I said, okay, God, I knew when you get back home, get your bed in that Bible. And I did. Not even understanding God was getting ready to set me free. And there's another time when I got off work really late at like 1 in the morning. And I was getting ready to cross over Central. The light was red. The light turned green. And I literally heard audibly, don't move. It, it was just like that. And I just, I, I stayed break on my brakes. And literally, like two seconds later, a huge 18-foot semi ran the red light. So had I not obeyed the voice of the Lord, because I know the voice of the Lord through relationship, right, through communing with the Lord, through spending time, I did not move. Had I accelerated, that semi would have T-boned me. And so it's so important to learn the voice of God and then obey the voice of God. And then I just want to uh, add on to what everyone has said that there's, uh, and my wife touched on it in a sense of like different ways of hearing God. You, you hear a lot of it is like, you know, what we think is our conscious as God speaking. We, some people I think more rare hear like an audible voice um, that is not them. Um, there's also uh, through the Bible, because God speaks through the Bible, when we, when we read, he will, things will jump out to us and be like, it's stick in my brain, I keep thinking about it. Um, and then also when someone comes and brings you like a prophetic word. So those are four ways that you can look forward to God kind of speaking. Also dreams and visions. Um, dreams are very prominent as well, especially because dreams are very symbolic. They have meaning to them that the Bible talks about. So those are all ways that you can, you know, look for, okay, these are the ways that God's talking or speaking, um, not just like the, the words, uh, speaking words. Um, and I also want to kind of offer a resource um, a friend of mine um, who pastors um, um, Northwest Four Square Church in, in Federal Way, Ben Dixon, wrote a book called Hearing God, um, and uh, you can get it for free. So if anyone's interested in kind of digging deeper, let me know. I can, can help you get, um, get a copy. Uh, that's awesome. Um, 
These are powerful tools that you guys are giving to our students. I remember when I was 16, I was sitting in this seat and hearing exactly the answer that Noelle said at 16, and that was a tool I carried for myself. I took it and I ran with it, and it truly changed the trajectory of my life by just knowing how important prayer is. So maybe that's keeping dreams and keeping visions to your toolkit. Maybe that's really looking into the word and looking at that's that's something I'm going to keep in my toolkit. That's a rhythm we can start now um, because that's going to what that's what's going to change the trajectory of your life. Um, but as we're wrapping up these next couple moments, we're going to have this round called rapid fire round where not all of you guys get to answer, but only some of you guys do. And they're just all random questions. So you guys are just going to have so much fun answering them. Um, so, you know, one or two of you guys super quick. We're going to make it, you know, 30 seconds or less. I'm not going to stop you. But um, first question, should I pray with my girlfriend or boyfriend? Ooh, 30 yes. seconds. <laughs> yes, yes. How much longer? Yes. Pray anyway, always, and in any relationship. You pray with, you pray for, you pray over your food, pray, pray. How many seconds I got left? Yes, pray. Amazing. All relationships. <laughs> any others? <laughs> awesome. Okay, second question. Is prayer the same as worship? 30 seconds. I don't think that prayer is the same as worship. I'm going to answer this really quickly. They're, they are similar in that in worship, worship songs and you're meaning them are like prayers to God, but music has a way to transcend things that verbally just speaking doesn't like there's the reason why you can listen to a song and you're happy and all of a sudden that song brings you down you all have that song that you put on when you're like I just want to be sad and you you know <laughs> dashboard you know it's like like you know it's because music there's an, a, an ability for music to transcend things in our souls and so I feel like worship this is my really high level answer is that worship and prayer are different they're similar but worship takes you in a different place um, than prayer both great places but different and you can pray worshiping God. Right. The, there is no a song. You, you can start to say who he is for you, and, and you are worshiping him with your words and know with, with music, and that was, that was a worship too. Yes, you're praising him. And I would lastly add that uh, you, you, you would do well to, have, to um, utilize them both hand, hand in hand. Good. What is the hardest thing about prayer? Consistency. <laughs> yep. Doing Discipline. it. <laughs> Doing it when you don't want to. Wow, that's good. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. You guys are answering them so fast. You got the whole rapid, the whole rapid thing. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, what? How do you connect faith through the lyrics of, lead, of worship? So how can you connect your prayers to the worship songs? I'll answer that really quick. Um, so I, I think a great way to do that is to just internalize those words. So when you see those words, or you're memorizing those words, you're listening to those words, don't let them be just words, but let them be your words. Let them be, you know, think about like the song we sang tonight, Graves into Gardens. What's a grave in your life that you've seen God redeem? And Matt, like when I'm singing that song, I'm thinking through my own life. I'm thinking through what's a grave that I see right now that I'm believing God is going to turn into a garden. Um, you internalize those words and make them part of your story. And it's this communion with God that's going on. Um, yeah. Anybody else? 
Can I also say that the songs that you're hearing, you should also be playing and worshiping on your own so that when you hear these songs, it adds more to what you've already understood because you've already been letting it marinate. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So as we close, our last question that all you guys will answer um, is what is your favorite thing about prayer? What's one piece of gold that you want to leave to our students about prayer? Um, my favorite thing about prayer is that it, prayer is a, a, a superpower. Like, we literally have superpowers. Do you guys believe that by a show of hands? Do you really believe that? Like, prayer not only connects us to God, but it literally moves mountains. Like, we have access to God, the Father, the limitless sovereign God. God is, he reigns, he rules, he is ruler over everything. His spirit lives on the inside of us, and we have direct access to God. And it's, prayer is our gateway to God. Jesus Christ, but it's our, our gateway to God. And so that's a powerful thing. Like prayer is a powerful tool that we should always have in our arsenal. And so that's just really important to know that we literally have, we hold power given to us by God. What's the question? <laughs> Favorite thing about prayer. Any um, advice on prayer? My favorite thing about prayer is that um, that I have it, that it's that it's mine. Like God can, like I, I can use it anywhere. Like to the superpower thing. Like I can use it anywhere, always. I can cry, the ugly cry. I can be joyous. I can, I can be sad. I can be angry, and I can, I can pray. Like I can pray, and it is just, it's like electricity. It just goes through. And I know I can rely on it. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be smart. I can just pray. Like, it just, it's, it's beautiful. Well, I love to talk with God. I love to hear his voice. And uh, the other thing that I was thinking about prayer, what I love about prayer, it is that the Bible says that we can bring heaven to earth. It's kind of like we, Michelle says, we have this superpower. And we, sometimes we don't know that we have it. And it's kind of like it's so much treasure, so much good things that God want to bring to earth. And he will bring it through us. And when we ask for it and pull it down with our prayers, it's kind of like they are there. They are ready for you for, and for me to receive. And the only thing that he wants is that you just reach out and bring it down. And, and then, no, no me. Why, what, you know, why he is going to answer to me is he don't make uh, yeah, exceptions. He love us all. And then he's Google Gaga about you, you know? I want you to know that. He's singing songs about you. Every night when you go to bed, he's singing about you. He has, a, a, you know, he write a book about your story. And, then the, and, and this book is all the things that you are going to bring down from heaven to earth. And, and he's waiting for you to wake up to those things so you can bring it. He's, he's counting on you for those prayers. And then you think, well, my prayer, you know, I used to think I was learning English and maybe you'd notice that I have a little accent. I don't know if you notice. I'm just, I'm trying to pretend I don't have it. But you know, um, for a long time I was thinking, I can, I can talk, I can pray, because I can speak English. And I was, that was robbing me from such a power. And you have excuses. You have excuses that I, I'm not going to pray because who am I? 
I can't speak. The other people can pray better than me. They have more words. They have, you know, he's not looking for your words. He's not even care about your accent. You know, he cares about your heart. You want to bring it to earth and you want to pull it down. Lord, I want you to do this in my family. I want you to do this in my, my school. I want you, and you put it down. That's the precious thing. So don't let anything to hold you back. You, you carry power and you are connected to the big power. So just bring it on. Bring it on. Don't just, don't think that your prayers are not valid. You have value. Yeah, that's what I love about prayer. Um, I would say my favorite thing or that what I love about prayer is um, first that I don't have to be perfect in prayer. You know, all my issues and all my problems and all my shortcomings. I can be angry, praying, sad, crying, happy, whatever the case may be. God still hears me, accepts me, even when I don't believe it myself or I struggle to believe it myself. God still does. Um, and no matter how much I've seen, you know, how much I may, all my complaints, he never, he never says, okay, I'm, enough is enough. Like, yeah, he will say that, but like, not in a way where he's tired of hearing me, but more in a way of like, trying to get you, get you somewhere. So like, I appreciate that about prayer because, um, you know, uh, my mother last year in February of 2020, um, was in a coma and, uh, right before the pandemic and right before we got locked down, she fell into a coma. My mother did not raise me. Um, and so I didn't have a, a, a great relationship with her. And so as someone who I basically did not know well. Um, and so here we are in the middle of a pandemic and God tells me, and I'm visiting her every day up until that point or every other day up until the lockdown happens. And he tells me, uh, it, it's by your faith, she'll be healed. Now you're asking me to pray for a woman that I didn't have a great relationship with, that I had to heal from because of all the pain and the regret of not having my mother in my life uh, and growing up, you know, in a very hard childhood. And here I am desiring for her to be healed because I know it's not only the right thing to do, but it's truly my desire because I've, I've been able to forgive my mother over the years. But I'm also not able to see her. And I have no connection. I can't. I can call up there. She's not talking for f six months until June of that year. I get a, a call from the nurse, and she's like, "Hey, you want to talk to your mother?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we do Facetime." And I talk to her. She's non-responsive, and uh, I get a video call. She's like, "Yeah, we're going to call you," which is unusual. Usually, I'm the one uh, initiating the call, but they call me, and it's my mother, and she's wide awake. She's completely normal. And the last thing she remembers, because the night she went into a coma, me and her had a conversation at the hospital, and that was the last thing she remembered. No brain damage, nothing. And when you're in a helpless position, and all you have is God saying if he's going, seeing if he's going to answer a prayer or not, the fact that prayer works is the other thing that I appreciate and love about it, is that it works. And no one can ever, for the rest of my life, tell me that it doesn't. I don't want to say anything. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Were you going to say something? No, well, oh. I, well, I really wanted to share something. It's like 45 seconds. Can I share it real quick? Okay, really quick. I was talking about superpowers, really quick. 2012, I went to New York. Long story short, they lost my luggage. I had, did all this shopping my first time in New York. 
the airport lost my luggage. I was devastated. I had them in the belly of the plane looking for my luggage. I ended up having to leave the airport, was staying with my friend, and for two days, I'm on the phone with the airport. I'm, I had located the, the flight attendants. They're like, ma'am, this is classified information. Like, how did you know this? I have people that work at the airport. So anyway, luggage was gone. I'm in New York with no clothes. I had to go to Target to get undergarments, and I'm devastated. And I felt guilty because I felt shallow. Like, like, it's just stuff. It's just stuff in a luggage, Michelle. But like, my whole life was in that luggage. I didn't have, make nothing. And after two days, like, I, I thought to myself, you have done everything in your power and your strength except for pray. And I remember going into the room and I literally remember saying, God, like you are the God of this universe. Like you know exactly where my luggage is. Like, and I just begged like, God, please, I'm here a week and I have nothing. And I'm crying out, I'm, I kid you not. And I'm asking the Lord to just, I said, God, I know that you can and I believe, can you bring my luggage to me? Literally, literally. About six hours later, I'm downtown New York I stood, my phone rings, it's a 404 number, and the, I, we were in Forever 21, and I, the beat had kind of stopped, and I heard my phone ring, and I almost missed it. And I answer the phone, and this woman says, excuse my voice, I'm going to try, hi, may I speak with Miss Michelle Ellington? I said, this is she. She said, hi, my name is Miss Geraldine Birch. Are you missing some luggage? I was like, oh my God, oh my God. This woman, I'm in New York. My luggage had ended up in Atlanta. There was a sm it wasn't tagged. There was a small crumbled tag with my information, and she told me it had, it had landed at the center. There's a center where all the lost luggage goes in Atlanta, Georgia. She said she saw my luggage, and something just told her to go grab my luggage off the conveyor belt. Just out of all the luggages, she just happened to grab my luggage and called me. And I remember my phone was getting ready to die, and I dove, I had my charger, I dove looking for a plug. Anyway, long story short, I said, could you please, 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 can you walk it to the plane yourself? Can you not let it out of your sight? Please, please, please. She said, Miss Ma'am, I'm gonna put your, um, uh, your luggage on the plane. 6.50 a.m. the next morning, the taxi had delivered my luggage to the apartment, and I will never forget this day, because I'm like, the Lord, Lord, you, you, you can see where my luggage is, and God brought it directly to me. I had to share that story, because it's Won't still it? close to my heart. Oh, it's so good, that's so good. Okay, real quick, my favorite thing about prayer is Miss Ma'am, I'm gonna say this. <laughs> Miss Ma'am, um, my favorite thing about prayer is that um, you just get to be yourself. Um, in Psalms 139, it says that God knows your thoughts before you think them. And I feel like that scripture is very intentional, in, intentionally placed, so that, because I think sometimes as people, there's parts of us that we don't even wanna share with ourselves because we don't like them like things that you don't even want to articulate that you know that you know that you know that you know. And, um, but God's like, I know. And I think that that's really important for us to know that God knows our deepest inner parts of us better than we do. And I think that's there intentionally so that we know that when we sit down and we talk to God, as Dante was saying, we don't have to fake anything. We don't have to be anybody. We can sit down and be like, what the heck? and just go there with God. And I think that that, it's so important to our Heavenly Father that we as people know that he sees us and that he knows us. And um, I love that. Awesome. Can we just give it up for this panel, you guys? Come on. Wow. Oh 
you guys. I don't know about you guys. They've impacted my life um, personally, and I know they've impacted yours tonight. So if you see them as you're leaving tonight, say them, say thank you, say whatever you need to say. Um, but we love you guys. We will see you next week, next Wednesday night. Awesome. Bye, you guys. <laughs>